just when you think Ferrari can't do it again, they manage to lose another race. Max goes from 10th to winning, and Mercedes is coming. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Star Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Ruben, how are you doing today? What's going on, guys? Yeah, see? You know how I'm feeling. You're feeling fantastic. Guys, on today's episode, we will talk about the Hungarian GP and why Yancy is feeling less than fantastic. Uh, We'll also talk about the Sebastian Vettel retirement news, driver carousel for Silly Season. It's already churning the carousel, moving up and down, left and right, round and round. Uh, A new manufacturer moving into Formula One. And and the potential for it. We were talking about last time overheating brains. Now we're talking about brain damage, according to Toto Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. Before that, please make sure to follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Jump to Start F1. We're uh, posting a lot more regularly. Uh, please make sure to interact with us. Uh, a little bit of the live tweeting going on during the race this weekend. And on that note. Ruben, how was your weekend? <laughs> Too short. <laughs> Somebody said that to me at work today. No, like, no, man, they did. Man, freaking Ruben's getting around. <laughs> yes, he... <laughs> How was your weekend, Yancy? Started off bad, ended better. Better? Better, okay. better. Okay. Oh, better, okay. But most of the weekend, like, sucked. But whatever. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The race was only a few hours, man. Uh, well, no, I mean, it was all also, you know, uh, work-related stuff. But at least I, you know, ended the weekend right. So Listen, at least your boss is not Mattia Bonato. But <laughs> on that note. Yeah. Sebastian Vettel literally waited until we published the last episode to say that he was going to retire, in which we were so convinced that he was not going to. We were, we were actually believing what Aston Martin was putting out. Mike Crack. He lied to us. Yeah. <laughs> Our boy. That's why we're so confident. Smelly situation, Mike Crack, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let that one marinate there a little bit. <laughs> no, we don't want to. No, no, nope. no marinating there. Let's go. <laughs> you don't want to marinate Mike Crack? Uh, <laughs> no, let's not do that. Okay. So Sebastian Vettel uh, has decided to hang it up, call it quits. Four-time uh, World Drivers Champion. Um, he's currently obviously with Aston Martin. Obviously, leads a leaves a big big shoes to fill, which are filled. But we'll get to that in a few. Any thoughts on Yancy? Any thoughts? I know Sebastian Vettel is one of your favorites. Any thoughts on uh, his retirement? Uh, yeah, man. It's yeah, like my weekend. That sucks. Um. Vettel is an asset to Formula One. He's a four-time world champion. Um, very outspoken and keeps people in check. Knows the sport very well inside and out. Obviously, the history, which 
in that video where he can name all the world champions um, from every year, from the beginning of F1 in 1950 up until now. Um, no strategy. I mean, this is his life. And um, it's fun to see him when he's winning because he's, you know, a jovial guy, funny. Um, everybody loves him up and down the paddock. And... You know he keeps 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 things interesting. I always like watching his uh, his interviews because he's just a fun fun guy, very honest and honest with his assessment. So it's it's going to be tough to have F one without Sebastian Vettel. Um, not that there's any not any new talent and any new characters coming into the into the grid, but. Me being a recent F1 fan and just have been used to Sebastian Vettel being on the grid, it's kind of it's gonna be weird not seeing him there. Put it that way. I feel like the better news obviously was I was I don't think anything was gonna happen, but but most of the times when ex champions retires has been I would say due to disappointments like the, what has happened to him after the Rebel years. You know, he mm-hmm. went to, to Ferrari. Unfortunately, he was super close to achieving another champion, but, and then came to Aston Martin, and you know, with a lot of hopes. And something along the way just pretty much told him, "Hey, you have to retire." And because of what Yancy just mentioned, you know, he's an honest guy, and you see him his interviews. He's very down to earth when he's talking and stuff like that. Is the reason why he retired? He doesn't. He was not going to beat around the bush or way more to. Obviously, we didn't we didn't get it right on the news, but. It's sad to see him go. We, we, Beto brought a lot of, you know, you mentioned he brought a lot of different things. And that boy's gonna have to be filled by, one, by, by somebody else now in, in F1. Yeah. Hopefully he just doesn't disappear. He just, like, doesn't really, really retire. Hope he comes around. To a few yeah, that'd be least. great if he yeah. does. But. I'm gonna read some of his uh, retirement statement. Committing to my passion the way I did and the way I think is right no longer goes side by side with my wish to be a great father and husband. The energy it takes to become one with the car and team to chase perfection takes focus and commitment, right? Yeah. So we've seen it before from other drivers. They want to take time away to be with their families. Obviously, I have a greater influence on, on their children. So he says, children are our future. Further, I feel there's so much to explore and learn about life and about myself. And then kind of the stuff that we've been talking about. Speaking of the future, he says, I feel we live in very decisive times and how we all shape these next years will determine our lives. My passion comes with certain aspects that I've learned to dislike that they might be solved in the future, but the will to apply that change has to grow much stronger and has to be leading to action today. Talk is not enough and we cannot afford to wait. There is no alternative. The race is underway. So we've seen Dr. Vettel on the, um, one of, one of his many titles, yeah. Dr. Bell. Inspector Sam. Inspector Sam. He, um, we've seen him very be very outspoken across a number of avenues, right? Climate change mm-hmm. being probably first and foremost, LGBTQ rights, um, obviously uh, racial diversity. Uh, so, you know, I see Seb obviously um, taking a step back from racing and being a prominent figure within Formula One, but I see him being a prominent figure still out there putting his message out. 
etc. I don't know how he's going to do it since he doesn't have social media. He does. He does now. Oh, he does? He opened an Instagram Instagram account right before he announced his retirement. Wow. Um, He actually posted his retirement video on his Instagram. On his Instagram. Okay. Damn, I'm way behind. (laughs) It's never too late. So that's how he announced his retirement. He put a video on it. Yeah. So like to me, it just kind of screams, okay, he's going to start pushing in that direction of I guess greater uh, action and, and driving people towards action, um, civic action, let's call it, as far as trying to get the right thing out there. So Sebastian Vettel. He already has 2.1 million followers. Yeah, of course. Jeez. He's half a mind. There you go. Um, <laughs> 291 entries, four world championships, 53 total wins, 122 podiums, 3,077 career points. 57 pole positions, 38 fastest laps. His first entry was 2007, the United States Grand Prix. His first win was 2008. Alfa Tori. Toro Rosso. No, Toro Rosso. The Italian Grand Prix. Last win. Anybody guess? Last win da, 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 was da, da. Singapore. Yep, 2019. Singapore 2019. Where he beat, he, the reason, yes, he knows that because he beat Charles Leclerc. It's 1 2. And Charles was so upset. Hmm. <laughs> I was still, my hard drive was still loading before you <laughs> said that answer. Yeah, spooling <laughs> up. So he's 35 years old as well. Any so, thoughts? Any further thoughts? Well, he's just, he's one of the best to ever do it. Definitely deserves his recognition. And, you know, he obviously we, we're in awe of the records that, Michael Schumacher and now Lewis Hamilton is putting up there. But when Vettel was in his prime, we all thought that he would be up there as well. Um, Definitely had the talent to do it. But, you know, as with anything in F1, it not only depends on the driver, it depends on your team and it depends on the car that you drive. But um, it used to be that when you gave Vettel a winning car, he used to put it on pole and he used to win. And um, definitely one of the best drivers to ever do it. One of the best F1 drivers ever. Just look at, you know, where he stands on the record books. There you go. Just for comparison's sake. Sebastian Vettel, 35. 291 race entrances. Lewis Hamilton, 37. 301 race starts. Yep. So... We're coming to, well, we're not even going to talk about Alonso because he's just going to keep going. We're going to talk about him coming up. But we're coming to the end of an era for, I guess, the guys that brought us into the turbo hybrid era and now into this new set of aerodynamic regulations and potentially going into whatever 2026. Maybe they may not even stick around for that. Uh, Yeah. Uh, the, The only one I do see sticking around much longer would be obviously Fernando Alonso. Um Hamilton depending on what kind of car he has to be honest with you. He's at this point uh Lewis Hamilton is in it just to see if he can just pad the record books and honestly I think what's his he wants that eighth championship. Yeah. Um but it's not let me put it this way. It won't be the for Lewis Hamilton I don't believe uh, it will be the deciding factor. Like, I got to get my eighth if he wants to keep going or not. He has a lot of other things going on as well. But he's still driving at a top level, obviously. Okay. So, 
man. News that broke today. Fernando Alonso switches to Aston Martin F1 team from 2023, filling that gap that Sebastian Vettel is leaving. He's joined Aston Martin on a multi-year deal starting from the 2023 season. Who saw this coming today? I thought it was April Fool's Day. Listen, when you send it, I was like... August Fool's Day. Because I was wanting to send the message or the text. He's like, okay, so I guess you guys have been busy all day today. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what the hell is what are talking about? And then he sends a news article like, oh. I think I, I saw something on Instagram and thought it was one like it was like a meme. Gotcha. And uh but yeah, I didn't it was a busy day for us, for me especially. So I didn't really tend to follow up with the mm-hmm. with the you know, F one publications, but then I started seeing more stuff on, on social media during my lunch break and I was like, Oh, well this is really happening. Bro, you got a lunch break? Yeah. Wow. Why not? What is this? The Struggle Olympics on who who worked harder today? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> well, okay. I didn't get lunch break. No, so, so you got lunch break. Okay. So they lose a four-time world champion and gain a two-time world champion, but obviously a boatload of also experience. We and we said that they're gonna need a veteran presence, and I think Ruben even jokingly said, "Oh, what about Nico Hulkenberg?" And it's like, dude, shut up. Yeah, and um, talk about a veteran freaking presence. Huh? Yep. <laughs> I, I also think that that uh, I no shade at Sebastian Vettel, but I think that Aston Martin, the way Alonso's driving this year, is probably getting a better driver, like a higher level driver, as far as veteran presence. Because sounds like shade. Uh, it is. Well, it's it's just facts. Um. Yeah, I, but I didn't see this coming. This is weird. What? We all know, we've all seen that Alpine seems to be on the way up. Aston Martin seems to be on the way down. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit perplexed as to what um, Lauren Stroll said to Fernando Alonso that had him join this is what the he team. Said. He- so we have to understand that they're getting a whole new facility. Mm-hmm. They're they're pouring a lot of money into the team, and while it may not be as evident as we see it now, they've actually improved from the start of the season, and they're going to, to me, and maybe to Alonso, it looks like they're going to continue to improve into the future, and that. These last two years are an aberration and maybe just kind of growing pains. So you're positive on it. Is that why you're wearing the green shirt today? <clears throat> I put it on before the news came out. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so is is Alonso what Aston Martin needs? Yes. Because Beto is more calm. Yeah, he knows the car. He'll tell you what's wrong with the car. But Alonso's fired. Uh, I think that if they could... Combine the two guys. Yeah, you would you would have the perfect because we don't we don't see uh, intentionally we don't see a lot of what these drivers do for the teams. I think that uh, F one is a little more clandestine in, in terms of that. They like to keep things a little obscure. So what I know of Fernando Alonso is this is the guy that 
at McLaren. Oh, this is a GP2 mm-hmm. engine. Can't drive it. You know, the the sun chair or whatever at, at, the, at the Hungaro ring, actually. Mm-hmm. Go, getting ready to go into the summer break. Doesn't seem like the type of guy that will work as patiently or as diligently with the team as Sebastian Vettel would. However, if you want somebody that will out drive a bad car this is somebody who you would want on your team oh yeah absolutely yeah but you're gonna give yourself a false sense of hope you're not really gonna i don't know i think it's going to inhibit the development of the car but that's where you know they, they they poached away a lot of talent from other teams they're building a new facility so maybe combine that with a driver that could take it take their car to the next level Maybe we'll see something. I just know, I know one thing. I know that Lance Stroll is going to be embarrassed week in and week yes. out next he's year. He's going to stop Van Dorn. Oh, forget it. It's going to be more so than he is getting now. Yeah, because at least uh, Ocon is a formidable opponent for 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 Alonso right Very. now. And even, and you know, I, I without the bad luck, I think Alonso will be beating Ocon like a drum the way he's driving this season. Um, but yeah, he's gonna take Stroll and he's just gonna wring his neck. <laughs> um, but I, listen, it, uh, either way, I'm. It just sucks. I'm an Alonzo fan, and I just want to see him in a car that can at least podium. Uh, and or he's win in races. He's in a car that can podium. Really? Okay. I don't think so, but um, if, if he can podium regularly. You talking about the, the, the so podium? If something where, happens up front, you're you're adding caveats. He's in a car like a podium. If he out that Alpine is okay, it's the okay. fourth best car oh, on the on can, the grid. It, it, it can podium fine. It's the but, fourth best car on the but grid. But now you're going to a team that's currently in ninth place. How many points does Sebastian Vettel have? Do you guys know? No. Sixteen. I was gonna say twelve. <laughs> Sixteen. He's currently fourteenth. How many points does Lance Stroll have? Six. Close. Four. Awful. Um, Really bad. Awful is an understatement. Yeah, so... Especially for a team that has boasted how good they're going to be. Yeah, so I'm curious to see where this team ends up with Alonso. I'm curious to see where they end up at the end of Sebastian Vettel's tenure. And where they go from here? I think they just gave him a ton of money. To Alonso? Yeah. No. I think, no. They, I think they just bought a ton of green Camo hats. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Because I, I... I already see it. The green Camo hats with yeah. the, uh, In the, article with the safety you share, green letters. It was that. So there was some... I was a little detail on it, but it was some little aspect of the contract that Alpine was not complying with Alonso on. Aston Martin gave it, and he just said, uh, uh, "Let's say for example, it could be a multi-year. They didn't want to go. I think one. I of, bet you that because yeah. Piastri is ready. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 that was my next point. Remember that they have F two champion Oscar Piastri, who won the F two championship in his first year in F two. Usually, when you win in your first year in F two, you kind of guarantee the seat in F one. He's out this year. He's an Alpine reserve driver." Unless you find a seat for him as a loner in another team, they're going to lose him because 
for you to be an F2 champion, winning your first year, and being out of the car for two years in a row, it's going to um, inhibit your career. Um, so I don't think Piastri was ready for another year outside of the car. Um, not that they didn't want to keep Alonso, but it looks like Alpine is on a youth movement. They already have Esteban Ocon, who is, you can call him a veteran, who has given a lot, who has given Alonso his fair share of troubles. Not that he's beating Alonso, he's not that 25. he's driving better than Alonso, but he's pretty there. He's right there. 25 years old. That's yeah, he's 20, well. But he's been in F1 for a while already. Let's not forget, also, yeah. Total Wolf didn't want to let him go. Yeah, exactly. So that's, the level, that's the level of talent that Ocon That Ocon has, yeah. So, and then you bring in a talent like Piastri, who is, who they say is, can become a Leclerc or a Max Verstappen, a young guy like that. Um, maybe that's the direction, Alonso, so that's the direction that Alpine is moving. Uh, they're not going to give me a long-term deal. Or maybe I'll get another year. I'll go to a team that is going to really appreciate me, will pay me money, and has a larger upside because we know um, that Alpine, although they have high expectations, um, do not really invest in their operations as much as a Lawrence Stroll would in Aston Martin. They have a more measured approach. Uh, that's why we haven't seen Alpine slash Renault really move up the grid as much as we expected them to because they're just not, they're very reserved in what kind of investments they're going to make in the program. And your boy is there who's known not to invest, Otmar Safnauer. Yes. Who's uh, from the racing point, really the Force India days, mm -hmm. kind of maximized the dollars that he had. As, as a full team. Granted, the, the driver's salary isn't part of the budget cap, mm -hmm. but you still need to maximize those dollars instead of just paying out. So maybe this is... Well, he's a good team principal for a team that wants to punch above their weight. Yeah. Using a uh, uh, quote from uh, from the, the old team principal, uh, Force India, what's his name? Uh, Malia? Oh, yeah. That was the owner. C is it CJ Malia? Yeah, Malia. VJ Malia. VJ Malia, yeah. The other team always punched above their weight. Oh, Masaf Nair was a perfect guy for that. That's why they probably brought him into Alpine, where they don't want to spend a lot of money, but they want to just govern, you know, have enough money where the team can actually compete for best of the rest, maybe podium, which is what they're doing now. Um, but they're not going to get anywhere much up there if they don't make more of an investment. So we'll see. No, I think that's what that's. That was the main main thing. Alonso wanted multi year and doing that because, you know, they they had like I said they have talent stock coming up and they don't have a, like a Formula E team. This the, 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 the no, but they do have uh, they yeah, do mm -hmm. they do have a uh, a sport pro, uh, 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 an endurance program endurance from yeah, yeah. it's not the same it's, it's not like the same many. that's what I'm saying like so for example which happened with the with Nick Debris. That yes. he went to Formula E and stuff like that, yeah, but he's still yeah. with Mercedes. Yes, yes. So they cannot do that with, with Piastri. No. So they, what do we do with this kid? We're going to lose him. Same with Stoffel. Yeah. So, because they, so, they were talking about maybe they were gonna, they were trying to work something that would, they would loan him to Williams. Who? Uh, Piastri? Yes. Yeah, but. No, you would sooner see. No, but it's the same thing. Like, he will eventually get out of there and probably go on his own because I just want to, I want to drive. I want to be, you know. I think at this point, it, 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 
I'll be surprised if I don't see Piastri, if we don't see Piastri in that outing. I'll be surprised at this point. I don't think you have a talent like that just yeah, no, laying you just, in the way. Especially you have one year already lost for him. Two years would be a bit too much. And Seth now has said he's gonna get him involved regardless of anything. So yeah. here's the window. So moving on from that. It's crazy to to have news that actually overshadowed this bit of news. So there's a lengthy process, according to Christian Horner, before Red Bull and Porsche F1 deal can progress. So it has been revealed with details that Porsche is trying to buy a 50% stake in Red Bull Racing, the, the Red Bull Racing program. That's it. That's all the details that are out there. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only reason why this was revealed at this point was because I think it was in Morocco. Morocco, yeah. Yeah, where they let me just so obviously when, when you have a deal this big and you're buying into like fifty percent of a team, you have to not only do it in the jurisdiction, I think uh, they're based in silver no, they're based in uh Somewhere in England. I forgot the name of it. Brackley? No, it's not Brackley. That's Mercedes. Um, however. Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes. They're, yeah, they're based in Milton Keynes, uh, which is in England. But you also, they also have, they have to register the business in other jurisdictions because obviously it's a worldwide sport, especially in Europe. But in Morocco, there's a stipulation where you must publicize it. So the reason why we know about it is because of that stipulation in Morocco. Which I don't know what Morocco has to do with anything. Uh, we don't race there, but whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> um, but it has to be publicized. So that's why we know about it. But it, what, what it looks like to me, especially after reading that article, um, I believe it was on Motorsport. That, yeah, it was on Motorsport. Um, was that obviously Red Bull and Porsche are preparing the initial steps to actually have the team buy in but what christian horner was mentioning was that there are still a lot of things that have to happen especially with the 2026 engine regulations uh i think it's getting rid of the mguh um before porsche can actually go through with the deal with the closing but either way that's still massive news that has been overshadowed really with everything else that's been going on so, Robin, here's my question to you. Once this deal is finalized, is it Porsche Racing? Ooh. Porsche Formula One Racing Team? Ooh. I don't think so. No, they'll have the name just like Honda has it, like, you know, had it, but, you know, powered by Porsche. Honda was not a 50% owner, though. Shit. Honda was a, at the end of the day, it was a customer team. Yeah. I mean, it was a works team because they were the only engine supplier, but they were they were customers. So what, you will replace the big bull in the back there with, with the Porsche logo? So do you see how that worked, DNC? I literally asked him the question, and he asked it right back to me. <laughs> no, I'm just going about, you know, trying to analyze your question. Like, Answer the question, Ruben! I'll take the fifth. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I don't think it would go that far because that, that's 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 probably part of the details they're working out as well because when it comes to corporations, like that, every little detail gets ironed out. Red Bull Porsche Racing. Yes. Short answer, yes. 
There is no reason why Porsche would be buying half the team if they didn't want more say in the operations of building the chassis and the engine. I got to disagree there. Okay, go ahead. So can you imagine you take the car that just won the driver's championship and is currently leading in the constructor's championship and the driver. So you're going to say, yo, I'm coming in here. Stop what you're doing. I got a better way to do it better than the champion. There's no way. Yeah, because Porsche, any listen, Porsche, this is and, why I'm And Rebel would let it go? Hmm. No, no, because the thing is, it's 50-50. But I'm pretty sure that as much knowledge as Red Bull has, because Red Bull is a winning operation. They won five driver's championships, four constructor's championships. Okay? They know what they're doing in F1. However... Porsche also has a very, very, very successful motorsport operation. Not F1. Not F1. However, in endurance racing, which uses, I would say, similar technology to what they're using now, which is the hybrid, if not even better technology, because it has to run for 24 hours or six hours or 18 hours as these endurance races go. Anytime Porsche goes into endurance racing, they win. That's cool, but... They're not going to do anything. So they ha- now. what I'm saying is that they have a lot of knowledge as far as when motorsports come. They have a winning uh culture at Porsche. You combine that with Red Bull. Yeah, it's um, Porsche is going to have a large say in what's going on there. So if if Especially Elon Musk had bought out Twitter, do people stop working on Twitter or do their shirts just say Elon Musk or whatever? It just it's really you're just changing the name on your shirt. Mm-hmm. The at most, right? So we're talking about all these stipulations. Well, Rebel's done that before. Right. With Aston Martin. Tag, tag Hewer too. Tag yep, exactly. So But they didn't buy fifty percent of the team. I understand. Yeah, he, he said so, the name though. That's why that's what I'm going for. So there's the name, right? And it's clear what we were just talking about with the engine regulations. It's clear that Porsche wants to manufacture engines it within Formula One, but it won't be under this regulation. So I, I can't see them, if the deal is finalized next week, I can't see them jumping in next year saying, we're taking over this whole shit. Maybe in 2026, they'll be providing the engine and having input as far as endorsements and stuff like that and cutting the checks. But I don't. I can't see them taking over the race operations that have already proven to be so successful for over a decade. Over two decades, I, I do, but I, not right and away. I'm not saying not right not, away. and I'm not saying it's gonna be something that's gonna happen overnight or happen gotcha. in a year, but it'll phase into that. Um, and obviously, they'll take all the IP from Red Bull Racing as, and all the IP from Honda with all the knowledge that Honda has, because that's now a Red Bull owns that, and they will make it their team. Now, is it going to be right away? No. As Christian Horner said, it'll be a lengthy process just to get them into the team. But you also have to realize that the owner of Red Bull, Matt Madison, I believe it is, wants to have a lesser role in that team, wants to have a less financial role in that team because he's getting older. So you give it to a proven manufacturer that has a rich history in motor, a rich winning history in motorsport, which is Porsche. Eventually, it'll be Porsche. 
It would be a nice delivery. Yeah. Delivery would be nice. But, however, it'll be Porsche, but Red Bull will still use it as one of its main avenues for marketing its moneymaker. That's what they do. An energy drink. That's what they do, though. That's what Red Bull does. Yeah. Where they go this? I just... Where are they going to fabricate this Formula One team leadership from that's not already there on the oh, team? Oh, they'll keep Horner on. And but that's what I'm saying. Stuff. They're going to yeah. keep the staff. They just change yeah. the shirts. Yeah, but it's still a Porsche team. They're 50% owners. It's a disingenuous to be like, they're going to, Porsche is going to run the team and then say, well, they're going to keep all the staff and then they'll just be Porsche employees. It's not exactly. So I'm arguing towards the latter and you're saying, no, it'll be Porsche owner. And then you're like, oh yeah, but it'll be the same guys. And it's like, wait a second. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> no, I mean, they'll bring in their own people as well. But where are they getting these people from? From their motorsport division. Where did Andreas Saito come from? He came from Porsche. And he's at McLaren now. Like, they have people who are knowledgeable that can they, that can step in. When, whatever. I don't know how the structure is going to be, but it's not. But, um, but, if, but if Porsche is buying 50% of the, 50% of the deal, they're going to want some of their guys in there as well. Do you see Horner being out? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Isn't he, like, owner? Oh, no, he's, like, the president of... Red Bull, like whatever the organization. Why would you? Why would you take out somebody who's has a has been winning for so many years? Didn't I say that earlier? <laughs> well, I'm talking about. But that's Horner. taking Red out. <laughs> yeah, but I'm taking. I'm talking about Horner. But you're talking about other personnel. They're gonna bring in their own people. No, nah, they're definitely gonna transition a bunch of people yeah, around, around shifting people around, and some people are gonna leave Red Bull just like they've been doing already. They have to. So the way the only way to keep progressing in life. If I'm a mechanic, but I know. How to run gas lines better? I want to keep going. Yeah, and then especially if you're gonna bring in, you're gonna bring in your own. You, obviously, they're gonna have the IP of Honda, but and and Red Bull has their powertrain division. But I'm pretty sure with that powertrain division, especially with the knowledge that Porsche has in the hybrid engine, they're gonna bring in their own people there as well, especially in the powertrains. It's only gonna be good for for the other teams trying to make improvements. So. Yeah. Because those people that are not going to be happy there, they're going to go somewhere else. And those teams are going to start to excel as well. Yeah, I feel like I've been driving a Formula One car. And I say that because <laughs> Total Wolf says that brain damage is a risk. <laughs> <laughs> if the FIA doesn't act on porpoising, I feel like I have brain damage right now. Listening to but this is just another... <laughs> this is our last piece of news. But this is just another... A total of saying brain damage risk shows FIA must act on F1 porpoising. Yeah, right. Mm, they already have anyways. He got his way. I don't know why he keeps banging the drum. It's just another shot across the bow. Oh, you guys, you we have to nail down these regulations. We have to narrow the scope of potential oscillation. And all of a sudden, it, like Yancey just said, come, come spa. We're going to have the new regulations in effect to try and limit the porpoising, which gives the Mercedes a, a new lease on life, essentially. BS so or no BS? Here they come. Uh, the only thing the article was missing is what I told you earlier. A couple of football articles <laughs> for the brain damage. <laughs> 
Right, Yancy? Yeah. <laughs> What's next? PT? What's a PTSD? <laughs> yeah. CTE, PTSD. <laughs> That's not a joking matter, bro. I'm just no, I'm just, I'm this matter, you know. No, Ruben laughs at the most. Listen, uh, <laughs> if you uh, <laughs> if you follow politics at all, um, you know that if you say things, um, if you repeat the same things over and over, eventually people will believe it. And uh, this is pure politics. This is what everyone in F1 does. And Total Wolf knows what he's doing. And uh, he keeps this in the news. He's selling a product. He's selling a product. And and obviously the rules are going to come into play. Um, and all of a sudden, Mercedes becomes quicker and they're, you know, they're they're competing for race wins. This is just to say that, you know, the reason why these regulations were brought in was more for safety rather than, you know, whatever. So he's doing a great job. He's total wolf. He does this all the time. He's a master tactician. He knows what he's doing. The drivers like that. Of course. That's what, that's they, why they, they play do. along. They Who are the only two drivers who were the only two drivers that were beating this drum? It they was were, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. brain damage. Yeah, on. I mean, they, listen, bro. Their brains were mush. <laughs> Not overheated. Yeah. We, oh, man. <laughs> Hit the drop. Bro. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. So the Hungarian Grand Prix. Yo, this was actually extremely entertaining of a Hungarian Grand Prix. Usually, they're a procession. Yes. So I want to say... Let's give a round of applause to Ross Braun, FIA, whoever was responsible for developing these uh, new cars for this year. Y'all did a terrific job just based on what we've seen on this first half of the season, quote unquote half. That's what I think on on that. Those are my thoughts on the race and on kind of like the first half of the race. Uh, the first half the of the schedule. season. Yeah. It's a good job by by them. It's been even tracks that are not necessarily known for being good races like Barcelona and even France were more exciting this year. Yeah, um, completely agree with you on that point. It what it allows is that teams, when they make mistakes, will get punished for their mistakes being a driver going off making a mistake or strategy. And this is exactly what we've seen throughout this season so far. And we especially, to my chagrin, saw it here at the Hungarian. Wait, how do, how do the new regulations uh, punish? Meaning that if you put a driver on the wrong strategy, they can easily be overtaken by the cars behind them, which is what happened with... Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Ruben, what were your thoughts on this race weekend? Too I, short. Too short. <laughs> no, I think this this race weekend itself was pretty entertaining. I mean, the last two races in the Hungary ring has been pretty entertaining the last because even though the regulations this year has helped us to do, you know, more back and forth battle, but the weather aspect in in Hungary has played into a big effect in the last two years. This weekend, he also played into effect mm-hmm. because he brought, like we always say, when it when it rains and some of the some of the different aspects of the race is not done, you know, 
normally it brings uncertainty or you know they don't have the knowledge or the or the full the full I guess, book on mm -hmm. the actual track. Yeah. So it brings things like what happened this weekend. I think it was a very good race. I actually think even qualifying was not that bad. Speaking of qualifying, how about how about your boy Mr. Saturday? He is back. George Russell beating out uh beating out Carlos Sainz by five hundredths of a second, less than five hundredths of a second to pole position. And what was a surprising lap? We all agree? Yeah. I'm still waiting. I mean, it may be out, but I've not seen a replay of the actual lap. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. Because usually was, when you have a lap like that. You guys trying to say he cheated? No, no, I'm not saying he cheated. No. I'm saying he put up a lap that nobody was waiting for. And, you know, I got pulled. But where's the lap? Even in, in the actual, when it was being broadcast, I thought Carlos Sainz had it in the back. Yeah. I don't know where. Just Ross, like, what? Okay. Just, that was all driver, by the way. Yeah. It was not, it was, that was all him. He yeah. just put a, you know, the lap. What amazing lap that was. I was, I was, what? But did you see the lap? Did you see anything on the no, lap? No, just the, I mean, no because all I saw, all I saw was, was somebody Nietzsche. jump ahead and it was a Mercedes. And I'm George like, what Russell, is going on? Like, okay, George Russell. Like, oh, we back in 2019, 2020. So, I mean, what I saw was like the sector times were like, it showed like, his second se sector, and he was like three hundredths of a second faster than whatever the pole was at the time. And I was just like, holy crap, that's pretty fast. Mm -hmm. But I didn't expect him to maintain that speed, speed throughout. in that final sector. Because I, the Ferrari was strong, sorry, the Ferrari was strong across multiple sectors. So I just was like, okay, he's just not going to be able to maintain it. In qualifying, Ferraris were phenomenal. I was, I would... Both of them. I wondered. Carlos Sainz too. I wonder if Lewis Hamilton didn't have his DRS issue, where he would have put that that car in qualifying. Considering that he was uh, during the race was just dulling out. He was a missile, like fastest Listen, laps after fastest. According laps. to his radio, if he wouldn't have that issue with the DRS, yeah, he probably would have won the race. Oh. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt that. <laughs> when the race like Sunday? Yes. If he was like top two front row stuff. No, no, if he didn't have the because he was so sure if he didn't have the issue with the DRS, he would have been in pole. That's insane. Because that was a phenomenal tracks. lap by George Russell. It's one of his favorite tracks, so I don't doubt it. So, so we're talking about the best qualifier in history, too. <laughs> well. Quietly. Well, he didn't have to drive a Williams for a couple of years, so <laughs> Kudos to yeah, George. he was in the best car because he was the best driver. Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, great on Saturdays. Sunday's another story. Yeah, Carlos Sainz did a dude. That lap was awesome too. I like did on pole, you know, to lose pole, but that was a lap. That the broadcast focus on, and that's the lap that we saw. No, well, the Ferraris were fastest throughout the entire weekend. Nobody expected that from Mercedes, especially at a track like this. They expected that from Mercedes actually in, in France. They didn't do it here. Yeah, and they didn't have a good. They didn't. They didn't have good practices either. They didn't know. So they literally, they literally came out of nowhere. Are we back to the sandbagging days? Ferrari no, Mercedes. I just think, to me, as far as the Mercedes goes, I think that there's just not a lot of straightaways. In Hungary, and it kind of lends itself to Mercedes because then they, there's no fear of porpoising. 
It's just kind of dancing. It's a very technical trap in, track in which you're go, you're weaving from one end of the track to the other, like side Constantly. to side, because you're trying to line up the next corner, corner. and sometimes mm -hmm. two corners down. So this type of performance makes sense. And I think I said it last week, we'll see Singapore, how it's going to... I think that Mercedes is also going to pull a really interesting uh, qualifying session as well as race. So I think that the surprise, the really the surprise of the session, aside from that, was Lando Norris fourth? Yeah. Is Lando back? I don't think he's gone anywhere. Back like I never left? Yeah, I don't think he's gone anywhere. I think he's just, you know, he's he's probably, he's one of the most consistent drivers on the grid. Um, he tends to fall off at the end of the season sometimes, mm -hmm. but hopefully he'll he'll get over that. But I mean, Lando's being Lando. He's and then the car was good around this track, so Lando. I I think he just next race when they come back when they, you know now from from the summer break, we should get a. a a more improved McLaren. McLaren right now is the car is horrible. Man. I think that I think that McLaren is going to get left in the dust in spot. No, I'm I'm just hoping for that because since then now they're going to go to a new regulation to take effect with to prevent most of the purposing whatever the, the bouncing, and I feel like the McLaren car is one of the cars that's bouncing the most right now. Yeah. If you hear if if you look at the, if you look at the some other like I guess on the onboard on the cars you will hear the car still bouncing heavily. And they were bouncing here in Hungary too, because this is not one of those yeah. tracks where. Wow. Okay. Maybe that gave uh, Ricardo brain damage, but <laughs> the Porsche. there was actually a lot of surprises Saturday. You know, I think about it. Red Bull. Perez had a lap time deleted in Q two, which kind of killed his whole qualifying. Yeah. Max Verstappen had mechanical issues, mm -hmm. which they ended up fixing for the next day. He had no power. I think his ERS was not charging. Something to that effect. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. No, I don't. I, I don't know what. Up. But they qualified tenth and eleventh. Started started tenth and eleventh on on uh, race day. Just uh, one of those cases of being able to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Well, I mean, uh, the Red Bull doesn't mess up in any other aspect. I think the only Achilles heel has been reliability sometimes, but when you have uh, Max Verstappen driving at the level that he's driving, and then Sergio Perez, you know, you know, he's on and off, but he's still within what he can do. He's fairly consistent as well. Um, yeah, I mean, Red Bull is a really good team. Red Bull is right up there with Mercedes as far as pit stop strategy, uh, building a car. They're they're you know they're a pretty good team. And the way always that the Red Bull, or at least Max Verstappen, has run in this track in the past, I would not, I did not expect him to be in tenth for a long time. He made, he made a place right at the start, and he yeah. kept on charging Look, to the front. The car is quick. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he's comfortable in the car. He's very comfortable in the car. Well, they're bid the four. He's been, yeah, he's been there for years at this point since what seventeen. Uh, the race itself, okay. Ferrari strategering, let's call it. What, what, what happened? You go from a two and three. Ruben, go ahead. Congratulations, you played yourself. You go from a two and three 
start after qualifying and finish fourth and six? How do, how do we do that? Yeah, see, can you clue me in here? <laughs> yeah, see, staring up at the sky. Maybe God has an answer. <laughs> He's looking for it. Yeah. Maybe there's a blimp. You know how in Scarface, the world is mine? It'll be like, Ferrari did this, this, and this. It's like a couple of blimps lined up. <laughs> well, since, since it's going up in smoke, maybe it's one of those planes that does an announcement smoke. Pop, pop, pop. Smoke signals. Ferrari, <laughs> Ferrari went from plan A, plan B, plan C to plan what the fuck. What's that for? <laughs> like, Jesus, what are you doing? It's... It's perplexing because you guys obviously like to get under my skin when it comes to Ferrari. We don't do that. It's and, Ferrari and, that does and it to you. The, this year, Ferrari. The something. entire race before they even messed up when it was going so well, uh, while we were at Fela, um, which is the bar that we shout out to Kevin, my man. Kevin. Yeah, yep. What is the bar where we watch? Where it's basically New York City's um, F one meetup at this point. Um, you guys were mentioning you, you know, giving giving out the bad uh, the bad mojo. Um, that when is at what point during the race will Ferrari mess up? And um, you guys weren't wrong. You guys are still assholes, but you weren't wrong. Um. And I don't know. I don't know what the hell. What What are you thinking? Uh, the Alpines were on the hard tires. Um, they clearly weren't running well. Why would you put the race leader at that point on a tire that doesn't work? I just don't get it. It just doesn't. And then you, uh, I don't know what else to say. They They, they do it all the time with them. If it's not a mechanical issue, it's a strategy issue. It's, it's the reason why we lost in, in, in Monaco. It's the reason why Leclerc is so behind in the driver's championship. It's the reason why it looks like Mercedes is about to overtake Ferrari in the, in the constructors' championship. Thank you. They keep shooting themselves in the foot. And I don't know what else to do. Heads need to roll. Maybe, you know, they got to take the the rigatoni gun out of them out of their hands i don't know i don't know what else to do i don't know what else to say i'm just perplexed on how they keep messing this up you have a car that is quick on all tracks the car's not well it's giving you mechanical issues but it's not giving you crazy amount of mechanical issues you can at least podium <laughs> at least like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be at least, if you don't have the pace to win the race, as Mattia Bonato was saying after the race, you can at least podium, not fifth and sixth or fourth and sixth, whatever it was. It doesn't matter. You're not scoring the points you're supposed to be scoring. You are, the at the very least, the second fastest car on the track. By far, at the very least. And you can't podium. So let's say like they obviously they did not see the the hearts now working for Alpine and say, nah, it's a totally different car. But Haas was on the same tire as well, and it was doing even worse. Again. When Pirelli said that the hearts with the temperatures were not gonna work. They're going 
they said that they were going by their simulations on the computer. In which were you, you idiots? But was we, the we have on the track? seen over and over again that simulations on computers sometimes don't work on track. Why would this be such out of the realm? What makes you so damn special that the hard tire would work for you? It just does not make any sense. I am tired of thinking about it. You bring something to overheat? I'd rather go to the beach and have a drink and not think about it anymore. And just continue to go to the bar and be consistently disappointed because that's what I expect. Now. That was so funny. Okay? That was so funny. It is It is what I expect. And then when they, they put them on the tires, I was truly re- re- like trying to reason this out. Maybe this will work. No, it, was- it didn't work. It never will. I was expecting that Leclerc was not going to finish this race. That was my prediction last week. And you know what? At least he finished at this point. This is what I am expecting. I am now part of this. If you guys watch any U.S. sports, I, I feel like I'm a Mets fan or a Knicks fan. I am expecting every weekend some kind of disappointment. Usa. Yeah, see, next time you go to watch a race with us, you should wear the paper bag, the brown paper bag over your head. (laughs) (sighs) No, he should start wearing Ferrari gear, you know, like at least a red shirt. You know what? I am going to try that. I think you should. I'm going to try that. Um, But I'm I'm actually, you know what? Let me just go on right now and buy. This is how bad Ferrari got the strategy wrong, that we all look at each other. They went on the hearts? Yeah, we saw... What ourselves? And I was really, yeah. you know, and I was really trying to reason it out for them. Yeah, maybe it's gonna work. Yeah. And uh. Ruben and I were looking at each other like, "What is this guy talking about?" <laughs> yeah, because you know, you know, you were really convinced. I, <laughs> you drank the red Kool Aid. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm the a, red no, Kool Aid. Uh, it's, it's, uh, and, and he wasn't tropical punch. He was Ferrari's car in red. <laughs> Listen. Oh my Charles God. Charles Leclerc man. was first. Was in first place until he pitted for those hearts. So that was just so. And really, he overtook George Russell for the lead. It wasn't like through the pit. Like he was fast. Yeah, I'm here dying. Yes, he sounds like he's so. I'm def- I am completely defeated. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah, done. Through the towel this weekend. So look, I'll be upfront. I think that their their strategy woes kind of started before those pit stops, right? So Charlotte Claire pit pitted for the hards. They boxed themselves into a corner in which they went medium, medium as far as their two stints before. So they needed to do something different to be able to fall within the regulations. They needed to go either a soft or a hard. Go longer. Oh, That's what they should have done to go longer. They but. should have gone longer. Charles Leclerc pitted on lap 21 mm-hmm. for mediums again, and then they were brand new mediums, and then pitted on lap 39 for the hard. So he only went 18 laps. They had Carlos Sainz lap 17, and then pitted lap 47 on mediums. 30 laps. And that's what sunk Carlos Sainz because he had just lost so much time on those old mediums that he, he was gaining it on the softs at the end of the race, on used softs. He was gaining it mm-hmm. at the end of the race, really threatening, but it was just not enough time to to, to gain. They should have pitted him earlier. Just go. Bro, he did 23 laps on used softs. But exactly. And it's the, the reason for that is that they messed up their strategy at the start. They did medium, medium. 
they needed to make a change there. And even if even if there's a, a change to the heart in the middle of the race, at least you have time to recover. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, Ferrari strategists. They don't think that way. They think they're special. They think they're different. So I wanna I wanna just take a step back. <sighs> no, I was the only guy that just looking at you know from the top ten or the top you know top five that the or the top yeah the top ten top eleven that the subs really didn't work at the beginning was Paris because he didn't he gained but he didn't gain much you know he didn't follow Verstappen all the way to the front and he started on the subs as well yeah and that was you know like you're saying okay so what you know I don't know it's just weird because Paris started on brand new subs Verstappen and Russell started on used subs. Verstappen just shot off the line. I wonder what they knew. I wonder <laughs> that they that's, knew. That's the reaction I wanted from Yancy right now. I wonder that. that they knew that the medium would be the best race tire. Even if you did do a three-stop or a two-stop. Two-stop. Yeah. Maybe you go soft, medium, medium. I wonder why that is so foreign to the Ferrari strategy department. Please fire someone. This has been an ongoing issue for years. Not just this year, for years. It's the reason why Sebastian Vettel, at, his, at, at the time that he was at Ferrari, used to take his own strategy into his own hands. Because they're dumb. It's still happening. Because look at science. They, fire someone. This is ridiculous. You have at best the second best car at on worst. the grid, or whatever. At worst, the second best car on the grid. Congratulations, you played yourself. Go ahead, Wills. Someone needs to be fired. This. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, I'm, I'm done. Thank you. So what I what I will say is this, right? Just from a purely tactical perspective, right? Latia Bonotto said after the race that. The hards, he figured after 11 laps, that that was the wearing in time frame. Yes, he's having a reaction right now. Mm -hmm. That was the wearing in time frame for those hards. So 11 laps? 11 laps. 11 laps? Go ahead. So think about... You're going to be at a disadvantage for 11 <laughs> laps? Go ahead, Will. Sorry. <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. Think about this. Uh, so I want I want to kind of drive this point home. You're at a disadvantage for 11 laps. When the drivers had pitted, so Max pitted 38, Russell pitted lap 39, Paris pitted lap 42, Leclerc pitted lap 39. When they were doing those pit stops, there was talk of rain. Why put yourself in a position where you need a, a tire that's going to fire after 11 laps when there is a threat of rain. What are you doing? Like, I would not even do that in the game. Like, like what are you doing? <laughs> I feel like Soldier Boy right now. 11 laps? Really? You're going to put yourself at a disadvantage for 11 laps? Do you know what could happen in 11 laps? It could It could have started downpouring and you would have had to pit again off of slower tires like what are you doing just or you can just have everyone overtake you like exactly what happened <clears throat> thank you <laughs> 11 drake fucking laps bro are you kidding me man so we saw this weekend absolutely maybe they should fire bernardo too 
the difference between teams that can execute and cannot execute. Mercedes absolutely, between Russell and Hamilton, absolutely nailing the pace of the race. We had Lewis Hamilton qualify seventh. He finished second. Granted, George Russell qualified first or was in pole position, finished third. But they don't have the fastest car on the track. So whatever, you're going to lose something. But to be able to be able to gain 33 points on the weekend, to be able to gain, I believe it was, I'm sorry, 34 points on the weekend, to be able to gain 14 points on Ferrari to close the gap to 30 going into the summer break, where now they're going to be aided by the rule book. It. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Ruben is very cheerful today. They are the Imperial March. The uh, Empire is going to strike back. <laughs> Any thoughts, Ruben? Ruben, your team. Any thoughts? Uh, at least they're showing signs of improvement. They're not going down. They're just going up. No, they're, they're not a t- the type of team to go down. No, no, just throwing a little shit at Yance, you know. That's the type of thing to go down. Exactly. So, all right. So, we'll talk, we talked about Mercedes, right? Excellent, excellence of execution. Fantastic comeback r- drive by uh, Lewis Hamilton, who I think should have been driver of the day. Actually, no. Max probably deserved it, but that was an incredible drive by Lewis Hamilton. I do want to point out, um, Max Verstappen, what? No, no, I'm looking at something. Lewis did get the fastest lap. He got, yeah, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. 14 points. Max Verstappen has only, in the last two years, twice finished outside of podium position when he brought the car home. That is such an unbelievable run to me. Like, it is It is on another level of, I can't even, it's on another level of, of, of driving that uh, it's hard to, to fathom um at times we could say that they have not had the best car red bull right so to be able to say that he's just been so consistent to me is just obviously a badge of honor and it shows why look right now he's at 258 he's 80 points clear of charlotte claire at 178 crown his ass i don't know like it's it's still 10 races left but I don't know. I, I don't know. Just the level of consistency has just been so good. It's going to be hard to overcome. Max Verstappen has to melt down like Ferrari in order for him not to win the championship. And that, the way he's driving right now, is seemingly impossible. He is on another level. He is on a level of what Lewis Hamilton was during his run, I mean, well, he's still running with Mercedes, but I'm talking about when he was winning the championship. Like, he is unstoppable. It's what he had to do last year to beat Lewis Hamilton, even though we, we did win by controversial measures, but definitely deserved the championship, and he's a worthy champion. However, it's it's what we say, this is what champions do. And... Max Verstappen has been driving like a champion even before he had a race-winning car. I think it started 2018 in Canada. I believe that was the year. Um, 
he was being criticized for his aggressive driving. I think he got second place in that race. And ever since then, he has been what we now know as Max Verstappen, the champion. If you give, what is it, an 80-point lead? Yep. Dude, the way he's driving, if he loses the championship, that'd be a miracle. And let's not forget, he started in top 10, made the way up, spun. Because sometimes that's like that's like a killer to your to your day, right? Because you're spun. Most times, yeah. Uh, unless you have a Ferrari ahead of you. <laughs> on hearts. On hearts. So he passed him, spun, <laughs> passed him again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's about to melt. It's like this podcast just gets worse and worse. <laughs> whoa, 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 what, what, what? Meaning... For me, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's just like if you you keep saying these things, and it's just like it's incredible how bad we talked about. Look, we talked about this Ferrari. last week, right? Where we have seen the Ferrari improving, and all of a sudden, it is the best car, or it was the best car on the grid. But they're not getting the results to show for it, and that that is literally putting the crown on Max Verstappen's head. Yeah, they gave him the championship. They literally gave him the chance. Ferrari should, yeah. They said, here is the trophy. Here you go, bud. You deserve it. We don't need it. <laughs> we don't need it. You know, we got we got enough trophies. Take another one. Bastard. Dude. Come on, man. Dude. This is just like oh, Dude. so bad. This is this is probably just as oh, I don't know. This is probably worse than 2018 and 2017. This is bad. This is horrible, man. Because you, okay. <sighs> wow. So we had the pair of the top three teams all finish one through six: seven Lando Norris, eight Fernando Alonso, nine Esteban Ocon. Currently, Alpine is beating McLaren ninety-nine to ninety-five. Thank you to Lando. Who's best of the rest? Yeah, definitely thanks to Lando. Then who's best of the rest? Yeah, I want to point out that. Who finishes? Daniel Ricardo, zero points this weekend. Still down at 19. <laughs> 76 points for Lando, 19 for Ricardo. Dude, imagine having a competent driver in that second car. Whoa. Damn. That's how far down Ricardo has been. Damn. Well, now 19 points. Now he's incompetent. Yep, yep. Man. I didn't say that. I just said, imagine having a competent driver. Oh, well, but uh, as opposed to have an incompetent driver? I'm not saying he's incompetent. <laughs> you're you're putting those words out there. It's only other. It's only there's only one of these. Whatever. It's fine. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, best of the rest. Best of the rest. What, as far as constructors? Alpine. Of course. Yeah. Oh, there's no question about that. I mean. Yeah. Uh, it's two on one right now. They're the fastest car. I mean, they're out of those two. But listen, we're talking about the midfield here. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen, not only this year, previous years before, midfield teams are usually closely packed. And things can change from one weekend to another. They're very close together. It's not like they have a huge gap. Um, it's not like the gap from them to Mercedes. Mm. Mm. So 
things can change. Right now, it looks that way, but we do have 10 races left. Oh, no, we have... Ten, nine races nine left. Nine races so, left. Also, Charles Leclerc, that guy in pole, is putting me in a predicament. He needs to nine out of nine. Jeez. I think he could do it. I'll, I'll take no more poles if we get nine more wins. Um. Yeah, I... Things can change. We don't we don't know what's coming down the pipeline, but right now it does look like Alpine is about to run away with it. But it's only a, f- a four point lead. Mm. In the midfield, things can change, and we see that the, we see the racing in the midfield mm. is very close, uh, not only in qualifying but also throughout the race. Okay, Alpine, he's doing phenomenal. Uh, hope the hope the summer break helps Ricardo so he can come and help his team, dude. Come to the U.S. Yo, come, to New, come to New York, dude. Let's let's hang out. Yeah, but he did the same thing last year. It's, it's, he always so. comes to the U.S. That's what I'm saying. Come to New York. Let's hang out. We'll go to Okeloke. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe what he needs. He would all have a ball. Yeah, he, he needs would some, have a ball some, at a typical party. So He needs something to listen, help him get out of that groove that he's in now, but it's not working at all, man. Speaking of getting out of a funk, we're really getting out of the groove. Goodbye from the midfield, Alpha Tori and Alpha Romeo, and welcome to the bottom. Alpha Tori is like a what happened, dude? Like, dang. The brain overheating and the car not being up to dude. They just gas, my man, my man, yeah. ghastly, dude. Like, I I have to believe it's an Alpha Tori thing because he's just not like this. He outdrove the car last couple years, and I don't know. I mean, his last. Look at him, 14, retired, 15, 12, 12. That's what I was about to say. I mean, it. the car is slow. Um, Sonoda's not doing any better either, so it's not (laughs) even close. Yeah, retired 14, 16, retired 19th. Um, I would say, yeah, it seems like it's the car. Um, Yeah, it's just not quick enough. Uh, It sucks because (laughs) they are... They were one of the team. I don't know. You know, AlphaTauri is an enigma, man, because last year they had a good car, but they could never. They, I don't think they. They kept screwing up. They kept screwing up. They kept, they, they kept Ferrariing it. Oh, um, <laughs> was he beat me to it. Yeah, I was wow. to say it too. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. <God. laughs> I'm not. Yo me voy a aquí, bro. But now, nah, man. Uh, yeah, and then obviously. They clearly got, I guess they got the regulations wrong this year. So it's weird because they give you glimpses of hope and then they're just nowhere. And even when they have it, a good car, which they had a really good car last year. Yeah. We saw the potential. We saw how good mm-hmm. Dr- Gasly was driving and the results that he was getting. Mm-hmm. They, great. you know, they still managed to like mess it up at the end and they didn't really place anywhere. I, you know, this AlphaTauri. AlphaTauri is AlphaTauri. Or Tara Russelling or Ferrari, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Damn, just looking at that bottom pack. Haas has come back down to earth as well. It's Alfa Romeo, Haas, Alfa Tori, Aston Martin, and Williams. I think that's where we're going to get like the, the uh, you know, usually when the we get to shift. the end of the season, we, we're, we're picking and choosing what the fights are going to be within the constructors. And I think that's where it's going to be. It's going to be like that lower six. Seventh, eight. So out seven. of those five teams, Alpha, Alpha, Haas, Aston Martin, and Williams, there's one team that scored points across the last two races. Aston, Aston, Martin. Aston Martin. 
Lance Stroll got a 10th and Sebastian Vettel got a 10th. Put Fernando Alonso in that car. He'll get a 9th. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to I get ugh. The uh the cream is rising to the top, right? So oh, wait, are man, we, my are, man Bolt, are, man. are we seeing your man? Yeah, let's are talk we, bad about Are Bolt. we seeing that Aston Martin finish sixth place? I'm not saying that at all. I don't think they can. You have to get more than tenth to get up there. It'll take thirty races. I mean, they're only seven points back from Alfatari. That's eighth. You said sixth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're thirty-one <laughs> points down. That's a lot of tenth places. <laughs> I don't know, man. No, maybe seventh. All right, I'll give it seven. Right, because you, you need the big chunks, and I just don't see the big chunks coming. Yeah. What is the happening with Alfa Because when it does come, they get the good square was. Alfa Romeo, both cars retired. Both cars 11-14. Both cars 14-16 and then 13-20. Like, they've been Ouch. Nowhere. Last four races. Ouch. They've so the accident nowhere. was pretty much what took him out? I think Alfa Torre is in the position because Botas was driving lights out for the first, like, Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo, you mean? Yeah, Alfa Romeo, sorry. Botas was driving lights out. He's getting, you know, six, eight, fifth, seven, six, nine, seventh place. Points finishes. Ever since that retirement in uh, Great Britain, it's just been bold prediction. Not even bold anymore. Mercedes is gonna take for overtake Ferrari. I think it's I think it's gonna be a done deal. It's only thirty points. The funny thing is when I said that you guys almost killed me. No, I don't think I almost killed you. Uh, it's a lo- it's a long climb. It's still a very long climb because once you start finishing, like for example, one car is two, the other car is three, the other car is four, then you're not making up any points. So they really need Ferrari to screw up like they have. And honestly, we could just count on it at this point. Sorry, Nancy. Dude, can you imagine? Yo, imagine like, I can't disagree with they, you, they, man. Imagine they screw up. That's why up. I'm laughing. I can't disagree with you. That's why I am laughing. Imagine they screw up <laughs> in Monza like that. They should just tar and feather Mattia Bonato. Dude, no. Oh, I my mean, God. That, that'll be a light punishment. Oh tar and feather. No burn. No burn. Dude, because I think about He's it. Burn him like, in effigy. <laughs> for me to be like, okay, Leclerc has to pull this many times or whatever. He's already pulled quite a freaking bit. The driver is talented. Mm-hmm. Science has turned it on. So Saturdays, when when the strategy isn't involved, they're killing it. They're leaving the mo- it up to the drivers. But the moment, oh, whatever. So, just an FYI, we're taking the next couple of weeks off. We'll be back recording the twenty second episode. Will be out probably the twenty third or the twenty fourth, previewing the. Grand Prix in Belgium, a.k.a. Spa. Spa, Francorcha. One of the best tracks on the calendar. Um, at Jump to Start F1 Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe on the podcast platforms. Leave us a review. Any closing thoughts going into the summer? I can't wait to see Silly Season heat up because it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, we got a few spots open now. I mean, uh, once they fire Ricardo, well, jeez, uh, the the fact that so, but we always have like this one event that happens every year in the driver market that just sets everything off, and I think it happened now with Vettel retiring. This is the second time he does it. Yeah, uh, twenty twenty was when Ferrari didn't sign him. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. 
it'd be interesting to the, the what I am looking at, and I guess I've been looking at this ever since Ferrari's been messing up is how competitive is Mercedes going to be after <laughs> the, the break? Now look, I even put both of us on it. <laughs> that to me is the biggest storyline. It's coming. It's coming. coming into the break. Or coming, yeah, going into the break. Do not, do not Ferrari your summer. Or your summer break. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And you guys. <laughs> on that note, at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. See you guys. Enjoy your break. In a couple of weeks. Peace. Peace. Peace.